Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we appreciate your presence in our midst. Today, do what you alone can do. And let the Lord's name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For we pray in Jesus' name. As you sit down, tell somebody, I will rise. As if you mean to say, I will rise. Now tell your neighbor, you will rise. And you will surely rise in Jesus' name. Let's have our seats. We all welcome. We all welcome to his presence. We all welcome to his presence. It's a very special day to be in God's house. For everyone that is here today, there's a special blessing. Amen. And you will not miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. I say you will not miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. I know, I mean, it was announced that there will be, what do they call that thing? It's snow squall. I know because of that, many people decided to stay off the road. So as many as are watching online, the Lord will meet with you in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. Romans 8 14. We continue with our discussion of the Holy Spirit and a new beginning. Romans, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many sons of, and daughters of God are here today? Hallelujah. There's only one test according to this passage. You must be one of those that are what? Led by the Spirit. Let, and not just any spirit, because some spirits tell some people to commit suicide. Is that the spirit of God? No. So we are talking about the spirit of God. As many as are led by the spirit of God, the Bible says they are the sons of God. We started talking about the personality of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about quite a number of things that he does. And I remember the last time we were discussing, we said he teaches. We want to continue today by saying that the Holy Spirit is the one that leads and guides the children of God. Is one that does what? He leads and guides. He leads. Many of us at times say, ah, something told me. Many at times we say, something told me. We're supposed to be saying who? Someone told me. Because the person that was speaking to you at that point in time is who? Is the Holy Spirit. But because we have not learned to understand and know the voice of the Spirit, when He is talking to us, we can't really appreciate that it is the Spirit of God that is talking to us. So, ah, and something told me not to do, to do this and that. Brethren, I have been saying it over and over again. You need to learn to understand and know the voice of God. There are very, very few people in the world. What did I say? Very, very few that hear the voice of God audibly. Very, very few. And even those people, it's not like they hear God's audible voice every day. It could be a, at a particular situation in life that, I mean, it's like uh, God knows that this decision they're about to take, they need a, a concrete evidence that it is God. And God will speak. After that time, he still speaks, but not that way. It's very important. What am I trying to say? That's why you, because as we are standing here, if you hear a voice, you know it's not through the loudspeaker, you know it's not my voice, you know it's not anybody speaking here, 
you will, I mean, you can easily say it's who is God speaking to us. Is that not so? Like a man of God, I think it was Benny Hinn, when he started his ministry, he said he just tuned on the radio and he had a voice that says, be careful what you do with the power you have been given. And he searched for that voice everywhere. He couldn't locate it. Who is speaking? God was speaking and it was appropriate because he was highly empowered at the beginning of his ministry. He knew it was God that was giving him an instruction. For the, of, if those of us that know his ministry, I mean his life story, you know that when he gave his life to Christ, the Spirit of God by himself taught him over a period of time. Many things that were not known about the Holy Spirit, many things we take for granted today, was taught to him through the Bible. You know, when we don't study the Bible, we don't understand many things that are there. And even when you study it as an academician, there are many things there that you cannot apprehend. What am I trying to say? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit guides the children of God. He will guide you in Jesus' name. Amen. When he guides you, you will know he's the one talking to you in Jesus' name. Amen. The next point is the Holy Spirit commands men. He does what? The, the key word there is command. Because brethren, the Holy Spirit does not come to negotiate with you. We have to realize that. When he says do this, what does he expect? He expects obedience. And many of us, it's our disobedience that is giving us, that is causing us stress, that is causing us grief. He commands in Acts 16, 6 to 7. Acts 16, 6 to 7. The Bible says, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia, they were what? There's no uh, compromise. The, the Bible is talking about Paul, Paul the Apostle. It's not a matter of, uh, what do you think? Uh, should you? No, 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 no. They were forbidden. When the Spirit of God forbids something, he does what? He forbids it. Is it because those in Asia were not worthy of hearing the gospel? No. The Lord saw the future. In retrospect today, in retrospect, the Bible says, when they came to Messiah, they went to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Then when you read that passage down, then Paul had a dream. Tell somebody a dream. And in the dream, he saw a man saying, come over to Macedonia and do what? And help us. And that was how they went to the region of Macedonia. That was how they arrived at a place called Philippi. We know that story, right? Philippian jailer. We sing Paul and Silas. They sang, they prayed, the Holy Ghost came down. It was in Philippi when they were put in jail. But we are made to understand that the first church on European soil was established in Philippi. From there, the gospel spread all over Europe. From Europe, the gospel has been taken all over the world. Now, if at that point in time, they had taken the gospel to Asia, instead of going to Philippi, the, every nation, every people have a destiny. For example, I know that the Lord is saying that in these end times, the African nation will come to the forefront in the area of evangelism and bring him to pass the will of God. So, a lot has happened, but greater things lie ahead. And someone here will be a partaker. Amen. I say greater things lie ahead. Amen. In like manner, at that point in time, the destiny of nations was tied to the growth and development of Christianity in that place today we call Europe. And God wanted to be sure that that 
path was threaded. From there, the nation went all over the world. From Europe, Christianity came to Africa. Is that not so? From Europe, Christianity came to this place, uh, this Canada. Christianity was not born here. From Europe, it came here, it came to US. From Europe, it went to South America. How we realize that? From Europe, it went to where? Asia. So, the Holy Spirit does not come to negotiate with you. He commands men in their service to God. You know when the Bible says, our works will be tested with what? With what? And the fire will consume the work of some men. Why? Because they are doing very good. Good service. But it's not the service that God has commanded. It's a service that has accolades from, with men. Men will say, oh, big man of God. Big woman of God. But God is saying, this is not where I sent you. The story was, I think I read, this, I read this in a book of a particular pastor in Michigan there. He was pastoring a church. He said the maximum capacity that his church ever reached was 25. Was what? If you were you and I, what would you have done? What would you have done? Tell me true. But Alex, if it's you, you are pastoring a church and it's 25 members for 10 years. In fact, it's uh, my sister that will say, my friend, I don't think this is your calling. The man continued. The church was strategically located. But he found out that he was teaching people. They were growing in the spirit and they would move out. So the church never exceeded that 25 mark for more than 20 years. But you know what? Over the period of time, he realized that in neighboring cities, all the big churches are pastored by people that, went, that came through his teaching. You see, that's why the Bible says the foolishness of God is what? It's wiser than the wisdom of man. Oh, when he was going through that, doing what he was doing, humanly speaking, the man was not making any impact. Is that not what we call it? The mayor will not come and visit him. He's church of 25. What's the mayor looking for there? It's most likely the pastor himself does not even vote. But heaven took notice. God took notice. The man did the assignment. He was commanded. That's the word. Commanded to do. Brethren, the Holy Spirit commands. Tell me what the Holy Spirit commands. What does that mean? He expects obedience. He expects obedience. The next thing about the personality of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is the supreme authority in the church. It's the Holy Spirit that calls men to work and appoints them to office. That's very important. He is what? The supreme authority in the church that calls men to work and appoints them to office. In Acts chapter 13 verse 2, we know that story very well. Acts 13 verse 2. The Bible says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work we are to, I have called them. They were fasting. They were ministering to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit spoke. Separate Barnabas and Paul for the work that I have called them, for the assignment I have for them. Very important. 
the Holy Spirit is the supreme authority that caused men to walk. It's like one of the things we were discussing in our workers' uh, conference yesterday. That somebody said, a person says, this is where I want to walk. But the pastor says, go and walk in this place. The pastor knows the need in the church. It will not kill your, what do you call it? Is, it, is it talent? No. You are meeting a need for a season. And you might be surprised in future how much of that need that you, are, you did not plan to meet, but the pastor said, go and meet because that's what we need, that will now come to bear in your future, in your assignment. It's very important. The Holy Spirit is a supreme authority in the church. In Acts 20, 28, Acts 20, 28, the Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock, Acts 20, 28, over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Do you realize that you are very expensive? Do, do you realize that fact? We are all very expensive. God has purchased us with what? Not with money. Not with water. Not with gold. Not with silver. All those things are replaceable. Is that also? But with blood. Tell somebody, I am purchased with blood. And it's not just ordinary blood. It's not the blood of my husband or the blood of my wife. The blood of the Son of God. No, not just the Son of God. The word, the only begotten Son of God. No wonder the Bible says you are special. Do you realize the Bible says you are special? Some people don't even believe it. Tell someone you are special. Tell that person, I am special. We are all special before God. We are peculiar. Because you are purchased with a very unique price. The next thing we must know about the personality of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit reproves. He does what? He reproves. He reproves. Jesus said it in John chapter 16 verse 8. He said, when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The word reprove here means convict. It means what? Convict. Convict. Very important. There are things you don't know that these things are wrong. And when you double into it, you hear the voice of, there's a check in your heart saying, don't do that. Don't go there. That's a convicting voice of the Holy Spirit. Brethren, you know what the Bible calls the still small voice. That's how the Spirit of God speaks to us most time. He doesn't impose himself. You can say, I, I, oh, this Holy Spirit or whatever, I, I mean, let me have my way. And he will allow you to have your way. It's a choice. That's why Jesus Christ said, every sin that a man sin will forgive him. But what? The sin against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And we're made to understand that if we continue to ascribe the work of the Holy Spirit to, a, to, a, to an alternative, that's the sin against the Holy Spirit. As long as you are a child of God, you cannot commit it. The Holy Spirit reproves. So we need to realize 
that the Holy Spirit has an office. He occupies an office that a person can occupy. He does what? So you see, like I said when we started, as a child of God, you need to grow beyond this idea of something told me. Because something does not tell you anything as a child of God. Tell someone is something. Does not tell you anything as a child of God. It is someone that speaks to you. And who is that someone? It's the Holy Spirit. Very important. He occupies an office that only a person can occupy. We are discussing what? The personality of the Holy Spirit. So you, you, there is no doubt. So that you can relate with him. Remember one thing we said? That when you wake up in the morning, what do you say? Anybody remembers? When you say good morning Holy Spirit, you are not talking to a ghost. You are talking to a person. He, he hears you. And you know what? He appreciates it. Because not many, not many recognize him. But this is his dispensation. He's in control. He can guide you. He can lead you. And he will take you to your desired destination in Jesus' name. Yes. Jesus Christ said in uh, John chapter 16, verses 7 and 8. John 16, verse 7 and 8. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. As Jesus speaking, I will do what? I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He will reprove the world of what? Of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. He reproves. He convicts. He makes you to realize that now this one is a sin. This one is, this one is all right. So long as you are a child of God, so long as you want to know the truth, he is the promise of the Father. He is what? The promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, Acts chapter 1 verse 4, the Bible says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Which said he, you have heard of me. If you are familiar with some of the teachings of, uh, of Islam, they will tell you that the promise that Jesus was talking about is who? No. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the comforter that Jesus said he was going to send unto us. And brethren, does he comfort or not? There are times that you are going through a situation that you can't explain it to anybody. Is that not so? You can't explain it to anybody. Ah, but somebody knows. The Holy Spirit knows what you are going through. The Holy Spirit knows what you are grappling with. And he speaks a word that nobody can speak. Is that not so? He shares a word with you that you know no one no one understands it, but he does. And you are comforted. Some people will say, oh, you know, I've gone through the same situation. They have not. Because every situation is what? It's different. It's unique. 
But the Holy Spirit, he knows it. He knows it. Now, there are some treatments of the Holy Spirit that we need to take note of. There are treatments that can only be ascribed to a person. But we need to take note of these treatments because when we treat him that way, he does what? He responds. He does what? He responds. The first thing we have to realize is that the Holy Spirit can be rebelled against and grieved. It can be what? It can be rebelled against and grieved. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit becomes your enemy. He will not, God will not become your enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. I say God will not become your enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. In Isaiah 63 verse 10, Isaiah 63 verse 10, the Bible says, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Isaiah 3 verse 10. He said, therefore he was turned to be their enemy. And he fought against them. So when you rebel against the Holy Spirit, what happens? He becomes your enemy. He begins to fight against you instead of doing what? Fighting for you. So it's a matter of making a pick. What do you want? You are going to fight for you or fight against you. When you are on his side, oh, he will fight for you. We saw what he did for Paul and Silas. Is that not so? They were arrested. That same act 16. They were put in prison. They didn't just put them in prison. They tied their hands and tied their feet to make sure that they were going nowhere. Thankfully, they had not devised anything to tie their mouth. They couldn't shut them up. And so they began to pray. They began to worship. And the Holy Spirit moved. He will move for you. Amen. I said he will move for you. Amen. They began to worship in the prison. You know, you know, brethren, when things are uncomfortable, that's the best time to praise God. Do you realize that? At that time that maybe you just uh, suffer the loss or whatever it is. Oh, you put in all you come through towards that exam and the results came and it's not what you expected. That's when people will say, ah, God, where are you now? Eh? Why am I even serving you? All the people that are not serving you, they have done this, they have done that. No, that's not the time for that. It's the time to speak like uh, Job. That said, though he slay me, I will do what? I will yet praise him. Ah, when you get to that point where you can go beyond your pain and say, ah, Holy Spirit, I, I know, I know, I may not see something, I know you are fighting for me. Ah, he will, he will move mountains for you. Amen. I say he will move mountains for you. Amen. He was watching when they apprehended Paul and Silas. Was he not? Ah. He was watching when they put them in prison. And they didn't just put them in prison, no. They gave them some uh, small beatings. He was watching. He didn't do anything. He was watching when they tied their hands and feet. I said, you are not going anywhere. We'll deal with you tomorrow. And if on top of that, they just kept, I said, okay, we'll see what God will do. He will have done something. But on top of it, they started doing what? They started praising God. I said, no, this is too much. I'm not just going to untie their bonds. 
there must be an earthquake. Tell somebody there must be an earthquake. The foundation of the prison was shaken. Their bones were broken. It wasn't just their own. Every prisoner in that prison was set free. So when the, the jailer, whatever they call him, when he woke up and saw what had happened, he wanted to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners were gone. Ah, but the, Paul ensured that they were all with him there. That's the Holy Spirit. When you rebel and vex him, he becomes your enemy. When you walk with him to please him, he's your friend. Can you please ask your neighbor, is he your friend or your enemy? Now you tell your neighbor, he's my friend. That's very important. Because he will fight for you. I say he will fight for you. That's why Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, because by him you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Ephesians 4 30. Grieve not that Holy Spirit. So he can be rebelled against. Number two, he can be insulted. He can be what? Insulted. Hebrews 10.29. Hebrews 10, 29. He said, of how much sorrow punishment? Suppose he that shall he be taught worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and had counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and unholy thing and had done despite unto the Spirit of grace. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace. I, I believe we've mentioned this before. He can be insulted. To do despite unto means to insult. Can you please tell your neighbor, don't insult the Holy Spirit. He knows everything. He sees everything. You know there's a song we sing that says, I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me. I'm sure somebody is singing that song today. Because you have made him too small. Because you have looked at him and you have said, what's the second, the next line says, that you are unable, you have gone as far as helping yourself that you have declared that God cannot help you. Can he help you or not? He can help you. Not only can he help you, he wants to help you. So my brother, my sister, stop insulting him. You insult him when you tell him that he cannot help you. You insult him when you tell him that, oh, you don't understand my own situation. What is your situation? Uh -uh. What's your situation? The Bible says, Luke chapter 1 verse 35, the Holy Spirit shall do what? Shall come upon you. The Son of the Highest shall do what? Shall overshadow you. He said, therefore, that Holy One that shall be born of you shall be called what? The Son of God. When Mary said what? How shall this be? Seeing that I know no man. Then the Bible goes on to say, for with God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God because of who? The Holy Spirit. So when you begin to limit him, when you begin to limit his ability, you are insulting him. 
Tell your neighbor, stop insulting him. That's very important. The next thing, I mean, the way you can treat him that will elicit a, re- a response is that he can be lied to. He can be what? He can be lied to. Many a times, if we, we, if we equate him with, I mean, you know, some of us, we tell lies to our husbands on a regular basis. Or maybe it's the other way around. And it's the other way around. Many of us, we tell lies to our wives on a regular basis. And because they don't catch us. Like I was saying about a few weeks ago, your phone has three passwords. I'm telling the husbands here again. All the password in your phone should be known by who? I don't know why you need password. Though. But all those passwords, if no other person knows, who should know? You are hearing today. So when you get home and my sister says, oh yeah, open it. Tell, tell him, pastor says, I must have your password. If he refuses, we need to pray for him. He's hiding something. And he needs to repent. Tell somebody you need to repent. I'm coming to that. <laughs> so we are talking about the men. What of the sisters? Eh? And, and they don't usually, but once in a while they. I don't check my wife's phone. I don't need to. If she wants to check my phone. There's, there's nothing, and I, I know what she's doing. I know where she is at any point in time. But if your wife wants to check your phone, why are you? Let her check. Is it? Is it that uh, a bank account you don't want her to know? You are hiding that money. <laughs> uh-huh, good. He's telling the truth now. So follow, follow up on it. <laughs> Should you have a bank account that your wife does not know? The Lord will help us. Amen. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. And we know Brother Ananias and Sapphira, right? In Acts chapter 5, verse 3. Peter's, I mean, Peter told Ananias, Why had Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to, be, to keep back part of the proceeds? He wanted glory for which he was not entitled. It is fine for Brother Ananias to sell his land and say, Ah, Pastor, and yeah, he was talking to Pastor Peter. Say, Pastor, I sold my land for $500,000 and I can see that uh, we have a need. So, you know, uh, let, just manage this $2,000. Uh, there's something. Will, will Pastor say no? Will he say out of five? No, it's not, it's not tight. It's not, you just sold a piece of land. But because he saw how they adulated Brother Barnabas. Barnabas sold everything and gave it to the congregation. And then I said, "Ah, uh-uh, he's not the only one. I can do it too." And then he went and sold his land. And I said, eh, "But you know, we need, we have to be wise. Let's give fifty percent." There is nothing wrong in giving fifty percent. I hope you realize that. Why tell lies about it? Say, "Ah, pastor, this is everything." No, in fact, the commission we paid, we took it from our own savings account. We brought everything, 100%. Ah, and Peter said, why? Why are you lying to the Holy Spirit? That, that was all he said, though. 
and the man died. And the wife came and said, ah, Sister Safira, you are welcome. Was this the whole process? I said, yes, so. Yes. In fact, the money for gas, we didn't even take out of it. Say, so why? Why have you allowed the devil to cheat you to come and lie against the Holy Spirit? And she gave up the ghost there too. If the Holy Spirit were to move that way in our midst today, <laughs> don't be afraid to tell your neighbor, stop lying. <laughs> it's me that is sending you. Look at your neighbor and say, stop lying. Stop lying. Uh-huh. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit can be blasphemed against. And that's how I'm going to be rounding up. He can what? It can be blasphemed against. And we mentioned this earlier on. Matthew 12, 31 and 32. Matthew 12, 31 and 32. He said, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. You will not be found an offender of the Holy, Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. He can be blasphemed against. The Holy Spirit is a sensitive spirit. He wants to relate with us. He wants to move with us. He's available every time. There's no break for that relationship. The question is you and I. We are the ones holding back. We are the ones treating him wrong. Brethren, he is very sensitive. I remember one day, we were in the service, we were in the church. This was when I was still in Polakot. And all of a sudden, I, I was overwhelmed by the, the church, church service was going on. I was overwhelmed by the presence of the Holy Spirit during that church service. I don't know what, I mean, what I was thinking about, but I made a statement. I said, he has come again. That presence lifted. Immediately. The presence lifted. The Holy Spirit is what? Sensitive. He wants a response to his presence from us. He wants us to adore him, to worship him. He will lead you to Jesus. He will lead you to the presence of God. That's very important. He wants to guide us. He wants to direct us. He wants to equip us. Whatever it is that is your assignment in your place of work is not limited to church. He's not lim limited to pastor. He's with us. I mean, Unless, of course, you have compartmentalized him. I hope that's correct English. Unless you have made up your mind that this Holy Spirit business in church will do it. Unless you are like my friend, Brother Okechuku. You remember the story of Brother Okechuku? 
I've shared that story with her with us. When I was doing my youth service, Brother Kechuku was a zealous Christian. He had his Gideon's Bible always with him. He was a driver. He was driving our truck where I was serving then. Everywhere Brother Kechuku goes, he goes with his Gideon's Bible. Then we went, I served in Asaba. And then we had to go to Sapele and Agbo. So it's like a, if you know that area, it's like a triangle. You go from Asaba to Sapele, you now go north to Agbo, and then we come back. No, not to Agbo, to Auchi. You go north to Auchi, and you come back to Asaba. Agbo is very close to uh, Asaba. So we have to buy gas on the way. And Bro Kechuku will come down, fill the gas tank, and then, you know, in, how many people take receipts in, for, to buy gas in Nigeria? Only very few. So he said he needed a receipt. And he said, what should we write? And Bro Kechuku bought maybe, let's say, $50 gas. And he said, you should put $100 there. He said, Bro Kechuku, this is not right. What did Bro Kechuku say? He said, business apart, Christianity apart. His, his, his uh, Gideon Bible was still in his hand, though. He doesn't drop it. He's driving. He, ha- he comes down from the truck. He has it in his hand. I didn't know how to drive. I didn't know how to drive at, at that time. Even though I was a graduate. <laughs> but his Gideon Bible was in his hand. He said, Christianity apart. Business apart. Is that the way you are running your business? If that is the way you are running your business, if the Holy Spirit has no place in that business you are running, ah, you are lying to him. You are grieving. No wonder he can't guide you. No wonder your business partner will dupe you. Then after he dupes you, you now be crying and say, God, God, God. Which God are you calling? Did he not try to guide you? Did he not try to direct you and you said, Christianity apart, business apart? Brethren, if we allow him to guide us, he's interested in every area. He's interested in who you marry. Do you know he's interested in the name of your children? Do you realize that? Don't just say, this boy, his name will be Stone. Where are you coming from? He gives names. He will give you a name. You know, like our people say, I don't know how they say it in English. They said, the name... Uh Yes, somebody just said it in... uh, My sister said it, now interpret. (laughs) (laughs) That is, the name a person bears... Yes, it impacts the life of that person. So you, you start see some things happening in the life of the individual. And they are tied towards the name the person bears. Remember Jabez? Because the mother said, I bear him in sorrow. And the guy was trying, he was making every but every step sorrow was following him. Until he cried to God. So the Holy Spirit is interested in the names we give our children. The Bible says, not a hair of your head falls to the ground without his knowledge. Do you realize that? It tells you how much he's interested in you. There's a song we sing that says, uh, is it prayer is the key? Prayer is the key. I don't know if that's the song I'm thinking of. Say, Jesus started with, no, that's not the one. But that's right. Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer. It's It's a Yoruba one that says, what is good needs what? The one that is not good needs what? Everything needs prayer. He's into it all. He sees it all. He knows it all. Jesus was on the cross and he said, my God, my God. 
why has thou forsaken me? Did God forsake him? But he was going through an experience that would help him to fulfill destiny. He needed to go through that experience. There are experiences you are going through that will help you to fulfill destiny. Just hold on. He's there with you. Those two feet you are seeing on the ground, they are not yours. They are his. Why? Because he's carrying you. He's carrying you. He said, unto your old age, I am he. He that shall do what? That shall carry you. That's the God we serve. That's the Holy Spirit we are talking about. He never leaves you alone. Unless you decide you want to leave him alone. So what choice are we making? It's very important. Remember I told you, I told us one thing. You are in church today. You are here for a special encounter. Because you've gone through so many odds to come in today. You will not miss your blessing. Amen. You will not miss your reward. Amen. So as I conclude on the personality of the Holy Spirit, I want to ask us a few questions. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. We know it very well. We say it after every service. Second Corinthians 13 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. The question I want to ask is, do you know the communion of the Holy Spirit? Do you know the fellowship of the Holy Ghost? Do you know the partnership of the Holy Ghost? Do you know the comradeship? Who is a comrade? Who is a comrade? Who is a comrade? Yes, my brother, who is a comrade? Are you not you're looking at your wife? <laughs> a partner is comrade. <laughs> <laughs> a partner, a partner. The word comrade is usually people in the labor union that call themselves comrades, right? Yes. Uh, that's how my brother said a partner in struggle. <laughs> a luther continua. <laughs> a comrade is a friend. Do you know the comradeship of the Holy Spirit? Wherever you are, whatever you are going through, who is there? The Holy Ghost is there. The Holy Spirit is there. Do you know the intimate, personal friendship of the Holy Spirit? Intimate, personal friendship. There's a song we sing that says, There is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, no. It's not just Jesus who. There is not a friend like the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that? He's your best friend. I can tell you countless stories. I was preparing for exams. As I'm reading, he's guiding me to things that I should take note of. This was my way through. I gave my life to Christ when I was in high school. This was my way throughout my high school, my university, even my professional exams. I will be preparing. As I'm reading, I will just get to a point and they will tell me, take note of that. It's going to come out in the exam. That's how I made my own first class. I had a first class degree in UI. That's how I made it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's not because I am the smartest. I'm not Dumbo. 
but it's it's God guiding me through it. And what am I trying to bring out? There's nothing you cannot get involved in. Your place of work. If somebody hates you at work, you don't bother yourself. Commit him to God. The day he was coming to work to terminate you, you will have accidents on the road. <laughs> I'm not praying. I'm telling you what will happen. It's true. Ah, we do, our time is almost gone. I've shared one, one story with us before. I will share it again and then I will round up. A youth copper, we don't know what they were. I mean, a young man was sent to a school to serve. He was a Christian. And he, it was a girls' school. And he gathered some girls and began to teach them the word of God. But the principal of that school was someone who did not believe that there is God. So he told the children, all these uh, Christian spiritual things, no way here. Yeah. But the girls were... The, 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 the guy shared the word of God with them. They gave their lives to Christ and decided to come together and be worshipping together. So every night, at midnight, when they know everybody has gone to bed, they will go to the field and they begin to pray. And they did it for a while. They didn't know that this man goes around looking for people that were breaking his rule. And so one day he caught them praying. He said, did I not tell you that in this school there's no room for prayer? He collected their names. And he got home and he told his wife. So I caught some of those students. Imagine all these, uh, what do they call them? When, when you give your life to Christ, and you're SU, fanatics. No place for them in this school. I can tell you in the morning they will be, they will be what? They will be sent home. Their time in this school has ended. And so he went to bed. In the morning, it was time for him to come out. He did not come out. The wife went and knocked on the door. There was no answer. When she opened the door, what did she find? The man was dead. The day he was coming to truncate the destiny of those young children. You know what the Bible says? It says, rather than you lead these children astray. He says it's better that a stone is tied to the person's neck and the person is drowned in the sea. And that's the word of God. So at times when we declare the word of God, you think it's harsh. Brethren, if you refuse salvation, on the day of judgment, there's no place for that person but where? It's as simple as that. You may believe it. You may not believe it. It doesn't change the fact. That's the truth. Have you read in your Bible where it says, I give nations for you. Is that the way you put it? You say, I give nations for you. Ethiopia, and Serbia. Ah, hey. We are in the spirit this morning. He said, I give them for you. You all. Who is God talking to? Remember I said earlier on, you are precious to God. You are wonderful to him. He will go to any extent to fight that battle for you. Because you are a bundle of special testimony. Because your destiny is special. Because the glory he has ascribed to you is special. And he will make sure that no man stands in the way of what he wants to do for you. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. We've been talking about the personality of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that runs this race with us. Do you know him? You know him? You cannot know him except you've given your life to Christ. 
That's the starting point. If you've not given your life to Christ and you are in the house today, why don't you talk to him? Is that because of you? That's why you, you came to church today. Talk to him. Because when you invite him into your life, then the Holy Spirit has a way with you. Are you watching online you're not born again? That's the reason you are listening to us today. Now you might say, Spirit of the living God, I, yield my, I give my life to you. Come into my life. Come in today. Come in to stay. Tell him, every sin I have sinned, forgive me. Maybe you are that person that is saying, I have made you too small in my life. You have limited him. Tell him, I repent today. I will take you beyond. The, there's nothing he cannot do. Do you realize that? The Bible says he can change the heart of stone to a heart of flesh. That's our God. He can change any man. That's what the Bible says. The hearts of kings and princes are in his hands. That's the spirit of God that we're talking about. Oh, he can give somebody a dream. Only a dream. <laughs> and early in the morning, the guy will come and say, Ah, sorry, we're not doing that again. Because the Holy Spirit has given him or her what? A dream. There's nothing impossible. There's nothing you cannot do. That business you applied for that, they said, no, we're not giving it to you. They will just call in a hurry and say, ah, we've been looking for you. When are you coming to take your, your advance? They've not been looking for you, but the Holy Spirit intervened. That job you applied for that, they said, I mean, we are full, you are overqualified. They say, come on, come, come. You apply for, uh, I, I mean, this level, we are giving you a higher level. Amen. That is the Holy Spirit. Talk to him this morning, or is it this afternoon? He's here for you. He's here because of you. He's here to attend to your situations. Father, we just worship you. We bless your holy name. Be magnified in Jesus' name. Father, take control. Lord, have your way. Put the devil to shame. Let our joy be full. Holy Spirit, continue to be our friend. Continue to reveal yourself unto us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. One prayer point I want us to pray. Banish the spirit of confusion. Open your mouth and pray for us. I say, every spirit of confusion, I bind you, I cast you out. I banish you from anything that pertains to me. Anything that is mine, spirit of confusion, you have no place. You have no place. Maria Cabo Shenda Idagama Ushkateli in Romaski Kuria Masco Poria Masato. Every spirit of confusion, every spirit of confusion, I banish you. Recabo Sinda Itragabushkote. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name. Listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.